Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EOS Fireside Chat for February 15th, 2023. We have a full agenda for today, including Yves LaRose, selected as the People's Choice for the 2023 Cointelegraph Top 100. We've also got a monthly BP call recap, as well as our uh, the ENF's January Programs and Operations Health Report. Uh, and a new Lovejoy NFT, which I was so kindly gifted, um, as well as others. Um, we've also got Pomelo updates, including Pomelo lore, an astronaut airdrop. We've got achievement badges, grant collectibles, DNA potions, and a season four feedback survey. Uh, we've also got Adenia, who's got some antelope tools and much, much more. EOS is a layer one smart contract platform that is governed by its community. It's the only crypto network that has had its foundation emerge organically from within the community years after the launch of the network. Last year, the EOS Network Foundation hit the ground running and established some much needed funding mechanisms for the community. Finally, longtime builders in the EOS ecosystem had access to funds to build the EOS projects they loved through a variety of ENF funded initiatives, such as the EOS recognition grants the Pomelo crowdfunding platform, the direct grant framework, as well as the Eden community's consensus building process. And by the way, all of these EOS funding opportunities, except for the recognition grants, are still available today. Whether you're new to the community or have been with us for years, we encourage crypto builders of all kinds, from content creators to developers, to take a look at the new EOS to find out how they can get funded while adding value to the EOS ecosystem. On top of, on top of these funding mechanisms, the uh, that the ENF put in place in 2022, the ENF also hired the best devs in the space and helped establish a strong technical foundation that is now supporting exciting projects that are in full bloom. Some of these solutions were recommended as a result the, of the Blue Papers research, and they're, some of them are now fully implemented, including uh, Recover Plus, which protects qualifying DeFi protocols, and the Yield Plus program that boosts returns for a diversified range of DeFi applications. Another big accomplishment last year, spearheaded by the ENF, was the successful forking of the B1-controlled EOSIO codebase, the community-controlled Antelope codebase. The Antelope Coalition, composed of EOS, WAX, UX, and Talos, was also established and are now working together on protocol development and enabling new synergies such as instant finality and inter-blockchain communication between all Antelope chains. In case it wasn't yet crystal clear, EOS is in the midst of an epic narrative reversal, and the new EOS has a potential to become one of the most legendary crypto redemption arc stories of our generation. My name is Andrew. I am a writer and product owner for EOS Nation, currently a top-ranked block producer on EOS. And today I'm honored to be your fireside host, standing in for Stefan, who is maybe cross-country skiing as we speak. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us live on the Discord in the voice chat, where you can participate in the show at any time. We encourage you to do so. We'd love to hear your comments, thoughts, questions, reactions to the news of the week that we're discussing. So feel free to jump into the conversation at any point. And even if you don't join us on stage, you can still do your part by sharing memes or spamming some emoji reactions to make sure the show is engaging for all of our listeners and watchers. Speaking of which, shout out to everyone tuning in on other platforms as this show is streamed live to YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. 
Uh, before we get started, I just want to remind everyone about our POP token giveaway. Make sure to go into the POP bot chat and claim your POP tokens. You can also meet your February ticket. Um, and I think prizes have been sent out for the uh, previous January ticket. And in addition, we've got our Road to 10K Discord promo, which actually we have already achieved. We have over 10,000 Discord members, and the new promo will happen every two months. So the next set of prizes will be released at the end of March. Um, at this point, I'd open people up to say hi to the community. Um, and then we can get started. See, we got people throwing down some excellent memes in the chat here. Oh, this... Freaky looking antelope. That's fun. <laughs> Good to see everyone in here. All right. Glad to be here. There we go. I got my sound effects here. All right. There All it right. is. <laughs> awesome job. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Martin. Awesome intro, yeah. So let's get started. Our first story of today is Eve LaRose, who uh, I know I saw earlier in our Discord call here. He's been selected as uh, the one of the people's choice for the 2023 Cointelegraph Top 100. Um, so this is a, a user, or I guess uh, the people's choice, the people all, all voted. Um, congratulations to Eve LaRose his place on the top 100 list. Uh, 2022 was a year of intense activity. During the second quarter, the ENF saw exponential growth as an organization with a rapidly growing team and a global expansion. That's how the creation of ENF USA LLC and ENF Hong Kong Limited. As part of its business development and marketing strategy, they also forged a strategic partnership with Zyson, which uh, pretty sure I saw Rhett in here. Um, and that's so that we can main a, maintain a physical presence at trade shows and at Web3 events throughout Europe and Dubai. Um, in September, EOS experienced a major consensus upgrade to cut all ties with Block 1. Um, in addition, we've got the EOS Yield Plus portal um, and then uh, other initiatives as well. In 2023... Uh, the mission will likely be to expand support for Web3, NFTs, and the metaverse across its ecosystem, uh, funding more businesses within these communities and providing them with reliable infrastructure and collaboration will be crucial if the company wants to retain a significant role in a vibrant, innovative market. Um, so there's a, uh, I don't know if uh, Eve is in here and wants to share anything about his, uh, his experience being one of the top 100 crypto influencers. Sure, sure. I am here. Uh, this really came as a surprise. I had no idea. Um, and we even talked about that internally. No idea that this, this was happening or whatnot. We don't even really know um, what that means, how the voting occurred, or I've got no idea uh, how, how basically this was ranked or or how they decided any of this. Uh, but regardless of that, it's it's pretty awesome to see. And although my brown-eyed, short-beard face is on there, um, I'm not sure where they got that picture, the idea is that it's it's really all of you. 
uh, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm the figurehead that's in there, but this EOS comeback and, you know, being a crypto influencer or EOS basically uh, being a crypto influencer as a community is really what this represents. So this is, you know, this is a huge shout out to all of you, all of the work that you're each individually doing so that this community essentially has a comeback, that EOS essentially is back at the table. And so it's a huge shout out to all of you. This is really cool. Uh, last week, we got, I guess, from the block producers, an internal shutout of the work and the function that the ENF provides. And this is just an external shutout of the work that we're all providing as well as a, as a community. So a, a huge congratulations to all of you. This face basically represents all of you up there. So thank you very much. And if I can add to that, there's a lot of people within the community who are also doing some really awesome contributions. And uh, it is sort of, uh, it's, it's very much enabled by what the ENF is doing. So um, as, as somebody who is doing work in the community, I'm uh, very happy to uh, be a part of the uh, sort of reimagining of the EOS network. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Steph. Hey. I'm not out. I'm not out cross country skiing because it's raining right now, unfortunately. So I figured I'd tune in to the uh, to the fireside. Looks like I can't stay away even if I'm on vacation. Uh, but good job, Andrew, so far. And uh, yeah, congrats, Eve and uh, the the EOS community for being ranked as a top crypto influencer. It's pretty cool to see. Um, I don't know if you guys had the chance to look through the list, um, but uh, I looked through the list and just going to name off some of the influencers that Eve slash EOS beat out, you know, including Noble Gratz, Jack Mallers, OKX founder, Rao Paul, uh, Central Bank of Nigeria, Adam Bag, Kathy Woods, Arthur A's, all ranked lower than Eve and also ranked lower than Eve staking hardware wallets and AI. So I thought that was pretty funny and uh, pretty awesome to see. So I just wanted to jump in here, say hi to everyone, and uh, yeah, share that little cool tidbit of news. I'm just going to so, jump in. I'm going to show the same thing I showed to our team internally. Um, I shared a link to the Coin Telegraph tweet, the direct tweet that they made this morning. Um, if you guys can show some EOS love to that tweet, it'll help encourage Cointelegraph to continue creating content and supporting EOS. Uh, they're very, just like any business, KPI-driven. So whenever they write about a project or talk about a project on social, the more engagement and view counts that they see, the more likely that they are to continue uh, supporting those projects or initiatives. Let's get the bees going on that. Yeah, for real. Um, it it's for whatever reason i mean the copy for their tweet wasn't the best but i think this is huge news and it, it like eve said it did come as a surprise so we do have pr teams that are regularly engaging with coin telegraph and coindesk and everyone else and obviously we can make suggestions for these but when these lists come out they're very strict about uh this isn't some pay to play they don't want outside influence on it. So that's why we literally had no visibility on this. It surprised us today. It surprised 
uh, our PR team, but it was a, a huge victory. So this is, um, like you've said it, last week we had a big signal from the network, and then this is a big signal from the uh, the rest of the wider Web3 community, the top publisher that there is. I mean, there, there's two tier ones. There's Coindesk and Cointelegraph, pretty much, and th this is huge. Absolutely, now, and I think now when we introduce Eve, sorry, I keep, now when we introduce Eve, we got to introduce him as the number forty-six top crypto influencer based on 20, by Coin Telegraph every time. Remind everyone. Big. Yeah, and I think an an important uh, sort of piece of insight is um, that the EOS sort of or I, I guess as an EOS community, we know the EOS story and we know that it's um, a pretty epic story. But as far as the wider crypto industry, not a lot of people are familiar with the, the story behind EOS. And I think particularly with that in the background, uh, seeing Eve get, you know, top 50, that's, you know, in the uh, sort of in, uh, in the better half of the top 100 list. Uh, seeing that is a really good indication that the work that the ENF and uh, really the whole community is doing is uh, not only super valuable, but it, it's getting some attention, even if the uh, uh, the narrative is still uh, not updated in most regular crypto users' minds. It's a trend that we're going to continue to see. I mean, just over a year ago, nobody was talking about EOS. EOS was never seen at any events. Nobody knew anything going on in EOS. And then just starting, let's say, where are we at? We're in February now. So let's say like six months ago, five months ago, we started sharing stages with projects like Aptos, Solana, Algorand, all of these projects that are seen as top tier within the space and at these conferences. And we're seeing Eve sharing a stage with them on these panels. So this is very much an extension of that, except it's a digital panel, and it's a panel of 100. Um, we also have another opportunity. So you guys saw the other panels. Um, we've confirmed the panel for Paris Blockchain Week uh, next month. Um, Eve will be on a panel with The Sandbox and Animoca brands to major, major, major GameFi uh, projects. So it's just a continuation. Um, also, I know it's later in the, the topics for the show, but the BP report we published, uh, I think we talked about it on the Fireside Chats before the BPs even heard it. But uh, you'll see, uh, Andrew, you mentioned the EOS story is still being told to a lot of people. A lot of people still haven't heard it. So one of our other big partnerships that you'll start seeing the, the fruits of the labor for is Masari. So the top crypto uh, research firm, uh, their research is actually in Bloomberg terminals. Um, the uh, intro, Basically, the introductory report uh, for EOS will be published next month. So we're working with analysts from Masari to give them as much information as we possibly can. And they're taking an independent review of that, and they will—they're uh, in the process of drafting that report. So that'll be published in the next couple of weeks. It'll be in March, and then following that report from Masari, every quarter, starting at the end of Q2, so let's say July, every quarter for the next five quarters, 
there will be a quarterly report published by Masori that's going to report on everything happening in the EOS ecosystem, as well as all of the different on-chain metrics. We provided them uh, API access to historical uh, on-chain data for the last two or three years. Uh, so they'll be uh, analyzing that every quarter and monitoring progress. So more and more pieces are coming together. Uh, everyone is starting to see some of those fruits of that labor. I know everyone wants to see things now or yesterday, uh, but the truth is things like this just take time. A year ago, it would have been impossible to get any, anywhere even close to that top 100 list. And this year, it's like it's not even just being on the list. It's in the top 50. Uh, so it's huge. I hope everyone. Can... <laughs> I, I, I'm just really excited to start seeing, uh, having everyone else start seeing these kinds of things happening, because it, it didn't happen overnight. It's 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 been a long grind. So it's nice to get these surprises every now and again, even surprises for us. Uh, really, really big. That's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. That that gives some excellent additional uh, context. Um, great. Anyone else have a have anything that they'd like to share regarding our uh, our resident top fifty crypto influencer? All right, we can move on. Our next topic is the monthly BP call. Um, so the EOS network currently is entering an era of unprecedented transparency with code development updates and node operator video call discussions shared weekly. In a similar vein, block producers have scheduled a new monthly call in which they discuss priorities, challenges, and other important line items. Uh, together, these series of discussions are clear demonstrations of the openness and responsiveness of the Core Antelope development team. Uh, for context, I've only been with EOS Nation since the post-ENF era, uh, but I have heard stories of the frustration that block producers and other ecosystem participants felt trying to suggest new features or bug fixes uh, to what seemed like a customer service black hole. Uh, between the thousands of unaddressed GitHub issues, and the suggestions that BP's wallet devs and others brought to the table, it was pretty clear that the priority was not on user-focused development. But cut to today, and in a clear demonstration of heightened development activity, all of the thousands of GitHub issues have been resolved. The core team is now engaging in direct and clear communication with BP's and other stakeholders. And the level of engagement is a breath of fresh air to the EOS community. I know... In personal conversations I've had, I've heard the exact same thing. And uh, these monthly BP calls are one of the many prioritization exercises that helps the ENF select the most important development goals uh, with the help of the community. Uh, perhaps we have some attendees who have some insight to share into the uh, monthly BP call. I'll jump in. <clears throat> so... Uh, Great intro, but I just want to correct one thing. So the ENF is the one uh, hosting these events. It's not necessarily the block producers. We're facilitating it. They obviously play a very important role to show up. Um, 
but we're the facilitators of it. And this was our second one. So we also, we did the first one uh, right after the new year in January. And that one essentially, um, the main topic brought up was the, the potential for the, the multi-sig um, that, that was passed last week. So it was more or less to have that discussion uh, way ahead of time before proposals got put on chain, for example, allows community discussion, Q&A, a BP discussion. So that's that was the main topic covered in January. Um, we were just kind of getting our processes in place. That's why you didn't see um, a, re a recap blog post like you just saw published an hour or two ago. So the general idea is that we will be having these calls monthly. Um, this was our first call leveraging a, a, a Zoom integration called Interprefy, which allows United Nations-style translation in real time. So when I was speaking in English, Chinese speakers were hearing Chinese in real time. When they would ask questions in Chinese, I would hear it in English. So this was the first time testing this tool. The feedback was amazing. And we will start leveraging that tool for public community calls. Uh, starting with um, an event for the, the Korean community, which we will be announcing uh, dates and times for in, in the coming week or so. But we believe that um, the Korean community um, deserves th this attention. So that software uh, was a huge win for the BP call, but it will continue through other initiatives. It was definitely a, a great pilot. Um, but the general idea for these calls, you can think of um, the top 30 block producers as essentially the board, like it's the top 21 are the ones with uh, signature authority on chain, but realistically anyone within the top 30 could rotate in. So you can think of it like a board. So you can think of these monthly calls similar to a board meeting. That's why they're not uh, open to the public and that's why we're publishing meeting minutes. Um, there's no secrets at these calls. Um, Aaron, I see is on this fireside, he can, kind of speak to that, um, that pretty much everything in that report was what happened on the calls. Um, there may be some occasions where something may be discussed that um, we could potentially say this one piece, keep this under wraps for X amount of time or until we make a decision uh, w amongst the, the collective decision makers of the network. But 99% of what's discussed on those calls is meant to be public. And it is even told at the very beginning of the BP call, it is said that everything discussed on this call is public. The BPs, if, if they wanted to, could go back to their own communities and share as much as they wanted to that night. Um, we just had a little bit of a lead time to put together the blog and get our process going for it. So our recap came out one week after the call. Um, but hopefully we'll get quicker with that and get it out potentially Monday or Tuesday after the call. But the general idea is that we will have regular calls with the top 30 BPs, the decision makers of the network. We will present them with all of the work and initiatives that the ENF is doing to give them transparency to what the work we're doing, as well as giving them the opportunity to answer questions. And we also plan to take feedback from the BPs, listen to them, let them tell us advice and directions that they believe we should be going. And then as, as far as the cadence, after those calls, 
we will be putting together the meeting minutes, making them public, and making sure that we publish them before the next week's fireside chat, which is what's happening right now. Um, like I said, ideally, we'll get the blog out a day or two earlier, so you have time to digest it, to come up with questions for us. But the intention is we communicate to the BPs, the decision makers, and then we communicate to the wider token holder community on these fireside chats. So that's kind of how we envision it. Um, and I'll stop there because I would like to actually hear questions uh, from the community on anything that they wanted to ask or learn more about based on the uh, minutes that we published. That is very cool. Um, particularly the live translation stuff is um, awesome to hear about. Uh, and anyone got any, uh, any thoughts or questions to share? Moving on, this is a uh, uh, similarly. This is just a little heads up for the the EOS community. There is a Binance AMA, so clear your schedules, EOS aficionados. Uh, Binance Live is doing an AMA with Eva Rose on Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. That's uh, <laughs> one one that I pay attention to. And uh, if you join and fill out their survey, you can have the opportunity to win a portion of the AMA's $5,000 in EOS rewards. So to enter, you just need to make sure you're following Binance and the EOS Network Foundation, and then uh, you want to share that uh, AMA tweet or Facebook or Instagram post and tag three friends, and then you fill out Binance's survey. And then you just log into the Binance account and join Binance Live to qualify to win. Uh, Binance is going to pick 40 winners to receive up to $25 worth of EOS um, out of those who complete the tasks I mentioned above. Um, so that makes a total of 1,000 EOS uh, prior to the AMA, and then the remaining $4,000 in EOS will be given out during the AMA. So I know I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if anyone else here is looking forward to that, but I think it deserves a, an air horn or two. An AMA with the number 46 top crypto influencer in the world? Wow. Man, Binance lucked out, man. They're lucky to, to get such a catch. But like just looking back, like even a year ago, like this would have seemed crazy to uh, get this um, type of partnership going with Binance. So that was another talking point during the, the BP call. And I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about Binance multiple times on these fireside chats. So... Uh, as far as I understand, all of the questions have already been submitted. Um, so the AMA is Friday at the, the date and time Andrew mentioned. But in addition to the AMA, um, obviously, there was the tether listing, which is kind of uh, older news at this point. But then there's another component to the partnership with Binance. There was a bullet point on it in the um, BP report. Um, but Binance also are, leaked it out last night. So there's going to be learn and earn program. So basically an incentive program for people to uh, read and watch videos about EOS to educate them on, on what's going on and what we 
have here at DS Network. And then after consuming those educational materials, they could actually take a quiz to earn EOS. And that EOS is locked for 150 days. So people can't just take the quiz and then dump the EOS. It's a 150-day uh, holding period after uh, completing the quiz. So that's something else new. Binance will be tweeting that out sometime if they haven't already. But they tweeted or they, they posted it on Facebook last night. So as soon as I'm done talking here, I'll find the link and drop it in the, the text chat. But um, highly encourage uh, sharing that on social. Obviously, for uh, the target audiences, people who uh, are not familiar with EOS. And uh, Binance will also be playing an even bigger part than anyone on this call will as far as marketing that. They have millions of users on their uh, platform, all KYC'd. So there's no risk of cyber attacks of people taking the quiz hundreds of times to kind of take up all the prizes. Um, so that's huge. Uh, they also have a giant uh, social media following. So um, the AMA tweet already went out from the main Binance account. I think that one went out last week. So we could also expect uh, social media support from Binance for the uh, learn and earn quizzes. And I'll share the post here in a second, but it was interesting because they're essentially using EOS to pilot their learn and earn program again because it was a program that they had going previously, so it's not a new program, but they did suspend it for a little bit. They didn't do any new programs for, for a couple of months. And then EOS is the first learn to earn program uh, since that time. So in their announcement post that says like Binance learn to earn is back, they highlight EOS as the first uh, project to be featured in that program. So once again, the, now that all of these things are public, it's not like these things happened overnight. All of this Binance work started last year. So the fact that we're finally able to talk about it, you guys are finally starting to be able to see it. Uh, it it's, it's really nice. And, and I'm looking forward to the AMA myself as, a, as an audience member. And then also to read the live chat to see kind of the comments, thoughts, opinions, the troll boxing uh, from the Binance users uh, during this call on Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that too. I heard, uh, and it was a podcast with uh, Vitalik and he mentioned EOS and then the, uh, the interviewers clowned him a little bit, but it's only a matter of time before uh, um, people start to, wake up and see all of the great developments that are happening in the EOS community. Is anyone uh, thinking of joining the Binance AMA? Spamming some great emojis in the chat, anything like that? Oh yeah, Zach all uh, just uh, reminded everyone to show some EOS love to Cointelegraph. Pump up those numbers. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Up next, we've got the January Programs and Operations Health Report. Uh, this was published yesterday on the eosnetwork.com ENF blog. Uh, if you want to check it out, I will draw your attention to the new design for or the new look for the ENF website, um, which I'm not sure exactly when that was pushed, but uh, I went last week and 
look different than it looks this week. So <laughs> looks very slick. Shout out to uh, the web designers for that one. Um, as far as the February, or sorry, January Programs and Operations Health Report, uh, this shares the milestones and progress for the initiatives that the ESN network funds, including IBC, uh, HIFADAO, the Market Plus dashboard, Wallet Plus SDKs, and more. Uh, the Web3 industry has been built on the pillars of trust, transparency, and accountability between projects, contributors, and community members. With this in mind, the EOS Network Foundation aims to grow the EOS ecosystem by adhering to these values and ensuring that those in the EOS community are provided with regular information on all the work that's going on behind the scenes. The, uh, the monthly program and operations health report are a key part of this strategy. They provide high-level insight into important initiatives across EOS. Uh, health scorecards detail the current status of various milestones, uh, highlights and accomplishments, uh, upcoming activities, and more. A deep cut highlight, in my opinion, is the Antler Contract Development Toolkit, or CDT, uh, which is a set of programs that helps smart contract developers build and maintain smart contract projects. Uh, if I understand the goal properly, uh, a portion of this toolkit includes a smart contract manager that smart contract developers can use to easily maintain and update their contracts. I could see that as an immensely useful tool, especially when dealing with complex smart contract dependencies. Uh, feel free to chime in if you have a better understanding of this than I do. Uh, another highlight is the Wharf Software Development Kit, or SDK, which is easy to get confused with the Antler CDT, but the Wharf SDK is more tailored to web clients than blockchain-facing CDT. Uh, based on the progress report, it looks like things are chugging along as Graymass updates the session kit and adds standardized but easily customized UI components that web developers can use in their workflows. If this kind of thing is interesting to you, I would encourage you to listen to the Antelope Coalition meetings, which are publicly available on the EOS Network YouTube channel. Uh, I, personally, I think it's the thing that gets me most excited about the EOS Network, uh, seeing all the hard development work. It's quite impressive. For anyone who's actually nerdy enough to look for all of that information, there is so much uh, on, on, that's tracked on GitHub, including the, the project Spotlight reports. Like we, we try to give as much alpha as we can on these firesides to uh, the, the like most diehard community members. But actually, sometimes the alpha is even earlier if you, you're following the things on GitHub and in, in these project Spotlight reports. So the, the point of the project Spotlight reports is literally it was an internal tool for the ENF. So as we've expanded and have, have grown as, as an organization over the last year and a half, um, we've got a very strong operations team. Um, thank, thanks to Ted Cahall and, and Jeff Warner for anyone who knows those two. Um, and with that operational support, they obviously hold any project that we're providing funding to or contracting with, whether it be through the coalition or through uh, a direct grant like with Haifa DAO, any project that we're deploying uh, large amounts of capital to, we had to hold them accountable anyway. So we already had project managers on all of these files. 
we already had to track timelines and deadlines and deliverables because the nature of our grants, they're all milestone based. Uh, workers don't get paid until they actually deliver the goods, so to speak. So this was literally an internal tool that at a certain point we decided, okay, we've done this for a couple of months now. It's become a solid product for us internally. Let's find a way that we could start publishing it publicly. So over time, you're going to see more and more things like that. This is a big one. But for anyone who's ever asking for updates on things that we may have announced uh, grants for even like six months ago or longer, the updates are all in that project report. So if there's a delay, you could actually see it. They have like red light, green light, yellow lights for every single project in that report. And when you see a red light for a month, that means some, something bad happened or, or there, there's something stuck. And it'll even tell you what that is that is stuck. And at the bottom of a lot of the slides, you actually see individual like milestone roadmaps that give very specific dates, not even just to the month or the week, but to the actual day that things are being targeted for. So all of this is public and it's all part of our kind of openness and like transparency strategy. Like, like we, we put a lot out there uh, and it's there for those that want to see it. Um, so if anyone ever has questions about it, the fireside's a, a good spot to ask those questions or for clarifications or uh, my DMs are always open if you uh, want any additional information on these types of reports or programs that we run. That's great. Thanks for sharing. And uh, yeah, Esteban just posted in, in the chat the, uh, the, the EVM timeline. Um, so it, it, I just personally really enjoy looking through these so that I can get a sense for where everything is. That was uh, how I learned that IBC was coming out, which, uh, you know, I have heard promised for, on EOS for four or five years. And um, so for me, it was sort of like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, we've, we've heard of this IBC thing, we'll see. But sure enough, as of uh, last week, week before, we're live. Oh, and not only are we live, but we're starting to see the first, like the expected first use cases are wrapped tokens. Like that's the most obvious, you could do it with a, a non-trustless bridge too, um, but it's just uh, one of the many features of Antelope IBC. I, Antelope IBC is a generic like messaging protocol, and tokens are just a type of message. Um, so we're already starting to see that. I brought it up last week about uh, all, our UTX. So the UX Networks token uh, was picking up liquidity fast on DeFi Box, and then since last week's fireside chat, uh, I, I saw that. The Telos community, uh, they have their own DeFi um, incentive program called DeFi Fuel. Uh, they pumped liquidity into DeFi Box to give EOS Telos uh, liquidity. I believe it's somewhere in the six figures. I don't have it right in front of me, but I, I believe it was at least $150,000 in bilateral liquidity for Telos. And then UX was about that level last week, the last time I checked. And I just... Um, saw this morning that 
not only are they deploying liquidity to DeFi Box, but they're also starting to partner with DeFi Box on additional incentives. So for UTX specifically, the UX network uh, token, they are working with DeFi Box to do a dual uh, liquidity mining program. So if you put liquidity in for UTX and EOS, um, you'll be mining both Box tokens and UTX tokens. So this is exactly what I was expecting to happen. So it's really nice when you predict something and it happens, even if it's super obvious. But seeing that other people or other networks or other tokens or projects also see the value of EOS being a liquidity hub amongst Antelope chains, because every chain is a little bit different. Um, like Wax has a great NFT program. They've got a lot of great IP. But even with all of that success, their DEXs don't really compare to the liquidity and trading volume as what you see on EOS. So it's nice to see that other chains uh, are, are deploying their own resources from their foundations, their teams, and their communities into uh, li liquidity on um, DeFi Box. So it's, it's just really great, great to see things moving so quickly there. And I think that's going to be a trend that continues. And if you catch, I don't know if it was, I think it was last week's Antelope Coalition call. It was one of the calls. I don't know specifically which one, but it's being discussed to whitelist um, USDT, for example, the EOS version of USDT. It was a big initiative of the ENFs early on to get it on more centralized exchanges. So we've, we've locked on Binance. There's others in the works using Binance as a framework. Uh, once you your uh, listing on Binance, it's typically easier to get it on all of the other exchanges because they're all at, at, at least one tier below Binance. So it's kind of like follow the leader type of thing. Um, but then the next step is to make the EOS version of USDT the de facto stable coin of the entire Antelope network, which includes WAX, UTX, Intelos, and EOS, and potentially more in the future. So it's great to see that happening also. I think um, once that whitelisting occurs, once it's possible to move USDT to the other chains, it'll be interesting to see if that's adopted. Because as I mentioned at the start of this topic, EOS is the liquidity hub. So if that is the case, then there's probably more utility for um, DeFi and things that you need stable coins for on EOS. But that doesn't mean that there's not uh, there's use, there's unlimited use cases for fiat and stable coins. So it'll be interesting to see if let's say for example like Wax. I'm just making this up. There's no commitment here, but it'd be interesting to see if like uh, NFT marketplaces or something would start leveraging uh, the USDT essentially as part of their marketplaces or on Telos or or UX. So that'll kind of be the next token that we start to see. Um, and we haven't seen WAX on EOS yet, so I guess to address that, um, WAX has yet to connect to the IBC. Uh, they're still behind on their, their upgrade, ver their version of uh, Antelope. So as soon as WAX upgrades their chain, they'll likely connect to the Antelope IBC shortly thereafter. So if anyone's wondering why WAX hasn't established any liquidity on on DeFi Box or DFS or any other DeFi protocol on EOS, um, that's probably one of the reasons. 
Um, but yeah, the next thing that I think we'll see, we'll see Wax on EOS, and then we'll see USDT on the other chains. So it'll be nice to see those adoptions. Um, but then beyond that, the the potential for IBC is really limitless. Like wrapped tokens aren't really unique to a trustless IBC. They've existed for a while, so it's not innovative or new to most people. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but the IBC protocol itself is a big deal. So right now we're still talking about the concept of how great it is to be able to connect uh, cross-chain messaging and tokens between antelope-based chains, between public chains, between Telos, between EOS, between UX network, between WAX. And that's cool. But I think like long-term, what's even bigger is once you start seeing a single chain, like EOS in this case, having the ability to scale horizontally. So when EOS first launched, there was this concept of side chains where new chains could be spawned that leveraged the EOS token as its, as its resource model for those side chains. So long-term, that's kind of where I have my eyes. That's what the IBC enables, is horizontal scalability for EOS. So it's great to be able to connect to the Antelope networks. I know UX uh, and Origin, they have plans to eventually extend their IBC to be able to connect to Ethereum and other places. Um, but I'm most bullish on the long-term viability of EOS itself being able to establish some really unique features uh, because of the IBC and what it enables. Um, so that opens up the door for horizontal scaling of sidechains. It also would open up the door for uh, app-specific chains. So a big trend that we've seen in, in the Web3 space has been uh, app-specific chains. So we see it in Cosmos. You see it in Avalanche. Essentially, if you're going to build an application and get mainstream adoption, you don't necessarily want to share all of your resources with a public network. If you do everything on chain, then when other projects create transaction volume or the chain gets really popular, it's eventually going to hit a ceiling. Like for EOS, the ceiling's very, very high. But if we're successful, that ceiling's eventually going to be hit. So if you're an application or an application developer and you want to basically control your own resources and capacity, then an app specific chain, or eventually if there's different side chains, then that'll be, I think, a direction that a lot of developers are going to go. And I think we could see kind of remnants of what our future will, not remnants, but um, bits and pieces of what our future for EOS might look like if you uh, look into things like Avalanche or things like Cosmos and see the reactions there of how those communities are reacting to these features and how the, the wider Web3 space is reacting to those features. They react, react very positively because it just makes way too much sense. You cannot put everything on chain on a public on a single chain on a single public network chain. At some point you're going to hit a capacity and you're going to need to scale horizontally. And that's the biggest thing that IBC is going to enable and I'm just really excited that it's out and hopefully we'll start seeing direct grants coming in of people that want to build foundational infrastructure on top of that IBC because it's there's still a lot that needs to be built. But the groundwork has been laid. And IBC, <laughs> one of the things that came up on the BP call that you'll, you see in the BP report is that there's this idea of writing a new EOS white paper. 
the original EOS white paper was written in 2017 and talks about inter-blockchain communication. This is a feature that has been talked about since the very first day of, of EOS even being a thing. It was something that Dan Larimer talked about for years while block one. And then all of the sudden, like, like Andrew said, you didn't believe it when you heard it was coming because we had heard it was coming for years and it never arrived. So that just shows uh, the ability that we've had to execute, not just as the ENF, but as the entire uh, Antelope Coalition. And it, it's a win-win-win for everybody. Because had the ENF not be, been stood up, if it didn't exist, if we didn't push for the coalition, then IBC probably still would have happened, but it would have only happened for UX network. It would potentially be closed source and not a public good. So that's kind of the value that, that we're bringing here is we're delivering on a lot of these original expectations for EOS and then taking it a step even further. Yeah, that's very cool. It's it's awesome seeing all of the all the developments and I think as as you said, Zach, in particular, IBC is probably the best case to be made that uh yeah, we're doing better at at development than we were before. Looks like uh, Rhett has a question about IBC with Alien Worlds. Um, I have not delved enough into Alien Worlds to have a good perspective on that. I don't know if we've got anyone in the room right now who's got any, any other insights. Glad to hear. The only insight I have is Alien Worlds uses a forked modified version of the liquid apps bridging for their bridging so that's how they're connected to like binance smart chain for example so with antelope ibc being brand new um, i don't have this confirmed from their team i haven't talked to anyone from their team personally since ibc launched but um i, I guess how it would work i don't know that would be a question for the uh, the alien worlds team it's most definitely possible for them to connect chains, antelope chains, using the antelope IBC. But the only context that I could add is that they already have um, somewhat of an interoperability solution that they kind of created from uh, some open, some other open source tech that existed, and that's what they're currently using. So, anytime you deploy something, you create like a technical debt if you ever want to move to another system. So the fact that they deployed their version of an IBC, uh, a custom version, it'll be harder for them to upgrade to the Antelope IBC because they basically need to backtrack on some of the work that they've done. And this this is the case anytime, in all software development, blockchain or not. Um, it, it's always cheaper and easier to kind of plug in a new feature if you never had... Uh, an alternative feature to begin with because you don't have to gut anything out. You're just putting in the, the shiny brand new thing to begin with. So I don't want to speak too much for Alien Worlds, but I will say that as far as I know, um, they don't have any timelines on Antelope IBC, but it's definitely a conversation that I would like to have with them. Um, 
We'll be seeing them next month at the Game Developer Conference in San Francisco. Um, they're also part of the Blockchain Gaming Alliance, which uh, Julie shared information with everyone here last week on. So we'll definitely be um, continuing on that relationship. I think I really, every time their name comes up, I kind of ask them, why haven't you deployed the EOS yet? And I will continue to ask that any time that Alien Worlds comes up in a conversation, whether from an Alien Worlds team member or from an EOS community member or a WAX community member. That is going to be my question. I would love to see them uh, port to EOS. I don't think it would be uh, much of an effort at all because they're already on an Antelope chain, so the smart contracts should be relatively the same. But um, I, I don't have the... I don't think I could answer Rhett's question. I just wanted to give that context of Alien Worlds as I know it. Yeah, maybe I can add a little bit about Alien Worlds. I've actually been looking into it uh, a lot more in, in the last few weeks. Not necessarily related to IBC, but Alien Worlds is definitely interested in integrating with EOS more in the future. So basically, real quick recap, Alien Worlds started as a, you know, click mining game, which is probably what most of you know Alien Worlds as, you know, you buy NFT, you mine, you get more NFTs, you earn TLM, you can use that to buy more NFTs, mine more, etc. So that was kind of game one of Alien Worlds. <laughs> game two of Alien Worlds that was released after was what they called missions, where you lock up your TLM, maybe some NFTs, you send it on a mission, and then when the mission is over, you know, you earn more TLM, which really is kind of DeFi just with some, you know, GameFi makeup on top of it. But really, the ultimate goal of Alien Worlds is the game of DAOs, which has now been live for a few months now. And so, so now there's six planets on the Alien Worlds. Each planet has a budget that they can assign to distribute to projects that want to build on Alien Worlds and build more games, build more features, build all sorts of stuff. And it's kind of the whole point of Alien Worlds is to build a decentralized ecosystem that can fund many different teams in order to build more, you know, more stuff on top of Alien Worlds. So these DAOs that they're running, you know, obviously this is run by the Coco, which was formerly EOS. That, obviously these guys have a lot of history with DAOs. Um, so I've been talking with some of the people that are involved right now, and they're kind of They've been talking about Pomelo and because uh, Pomelo has a lot of funding features obviously built out. It's a system that has been stress test, etc. cetera. Uh, they've also been kind of looking at HyperDAO tools and how those are coming to EOS. So there's definitely some interest to perhaps integrate some of these tools into Alien World. So how this exactly relates to IBC, not sure, but obviously those are good things that are all connected together in terms of timelines. Again, not sure, but the, it's things that some of the leaders, uh, both from the community side and from the Alien World Incorp the company side, are, are thinking about. So I think we will be hearing more about Alien Worlds uh, this year as, as they continue to grow and they look to tap in to a lot of the advantages of EOS, such as you know, Pomelo for funding grants, Haifa DAO for managing DAOs and uh, all that stuff. So, yeah, stay tuned for more. We're probably going to hear more from them this year.
Yeah, it's very cool to hear about all of the synergies that are um, people are discovering in the process of kind of going back and forth and, and seeing where they can work together. It's great. All right. Um, so uh, I might move up this item here. Uh, so up next, we'll uh, talk about uh, Edenia and their antelope tools. If, uh, or, let's see, is Javier? Yeah, I see Javier in here. Um, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Perfect. Um, well, I'll be brief and um, basically wanted to take some time to talk about a Pomelo grant that we've executed and report back to the community and thank everyone for your support on the last Pomelo season. Um, so it's Antelope Tools. It's actually a project we started three years ago. Uh, it was called EOSIO Dashboard. Uh, it's an open source option for a network and infrastructure monitor that any EOSIO or Antelope chain can use. Um, so really it's a community-driven public good built to provide a useful and straightforward way to visualize block producers' information and to promote transparency and reliability on, on all these networks. Uh, we didn't see an open source network monitor um, and available, so we decided to create our own that could be leveraged by any network. Um, so basically, we display information on block producers or infrastructure, and we source this information from um, system contracts, and we also uh, source information from their BPJSON files, right? Um, so um, currently, it's running on over 10 EOSIO Antelope networks, uh, like EOS, Jungle 4, uh, Talos, Wax, Libre, Ultra, Proton, Blackchain, and also some lesser-known private EOSIO chains are using it um, for uh, internal monitoring. And um, it's really been a community public good since its inception um, with the intention to provide, um, you know, just objective data on what the node um, health status is and what all the different block producers um, are offering the network. So, I mean, we naturally submitted a Pomelo grant and have been receiving Pomelo funds for the last three seasons. And, you know, we're very grateful that Pomelo has been able to uh, enable us to continue developing this. Um, we use these funds to advance the project. And last season, uh, we rebranded to antelope.tools. So, you know, after the leap to, to antelope on EOS mainnet, uh, we think it's a much better name for it, right? Uh, so check it out. I, I did post a link in the text chat. And um, one other really cool thing we did is we partnered with a local tech university. And uh, we built this season with uh, four interns doing their like capstone project with us. And I mean, we really see this like Pomelo Grants as an opportunity to onboard new developers and teach them about Antelope protocol and, you know, create valuable tools for the community. And at the same time, teach people to build on Antelope. So I think it was a win-win in that situation. We, we got ourselves a community public good and we got ourselves Currently, out of the four interns, three are now working full time and on Antelope development. So um, that that was pretty cool. And well, one of some of the features we introduced our last season was we we have API health checks. So the different nodes, if their APIs are responding or not, 
uh, you can you can get a list of APIs in their health checks, uh, also their peer-to-peer endpoints, uh, BP votes, rewards, and um, another really cool thing we did is we created an API. So other applications can now query block producer data through our API, right? So um, what you would have to do before is like query the system contracts, get the list of bit block producers, and go to every single block producer's BPJSON and gather all that data. And what we've done is we've consolidated all the, the block producer data in just one API. And that's, that's fairly useful for a few tools that we've built, like um, voting portals or proxies or EOS rate, which is this rating system. We can source up-to-date um, information on all the block producers via API in a pro- programmatic way. So uh, it's open for the community to use. You will need an API key to, to be able to query through um, the API, but we're more than willing to, to allow people to use the API if they request it. Um, I guess a GitHub issue on our uh, repo would be a great way to let us know that you're interested in, in using the, the API. Um, so basically, what we want to do is get uh, community feedback and ideas on data that you'd like to have available in real time um, and, and hopefully um, save developers time to, to be able to query information on any of these networks. And um, basically, um, would also love to, to continue building on this. Um, we might uh, like to, I'd like to uh, use some of the new SDKs and UI components that are being developed and possibly, um, you know, continue to build this. So, you know, I think it's a successful execution of a Pomelo grant. And I just want to, you know, thank everyone who supported the team. And um, yeah, I mean, look out for the next season and um, really would like to hear anyone's thoughts and, and ideas on how we can improve this tool. So um, please feel free to reach out. And thanks again for the, the space today to talk about it. Absolutely. And shout out to the Adenia team for, for their hard work. Um, we have a question on the chat here. Is the API free to use? The API is free. We're not going to charge to use the API, but it does require a key. Uh, so we can generate a, a key for you, for anyone interested and basically source you know, the list of block producers, how many votes they have, what the rewards are in EOS and US dollars, uh, what nodes they have. API endpoints is a really cool feature. So if you want to um, have a list of API endpoints that are responding in your application, you can query our API, get the list of endpoints, and then know which endpoints your app can use. Sometimes we can um, have like more than one endpoint for an app. So if one endpoint's not responding, we've got a failover. So just getting an updated list of endpoints is one thing that um, we can, you know, we can provide through the API. And yeah, just reach out and we'll be happy to give you guys a, a password if anyone you know, the developer is interested in um, using this API and, and save some time on, on building other tools around uh, transparency of the infrastructure on the network. Yeah, that's going to be a great value add. Uh, anyone else have any, uh, any questions or comments for um, the Adinia Antelope tools? I think everyone should learn the meaning of the word Pura Vida. Pura vida, Javier. Pura vida. Oh, pure life. Thank you. Pura vida. Yeah, yeah. Eve, Eve got a taste of the pura vida in Costa Rica, so I'm happy that um, there's a few of us 
in this part of the world. And um, yeah, Budoya. I'm I'm in that time zone, maybe, but not. Yeah, still still pretty far away. Yo sé pura vida. All right. Anyone else have any thoughts? Oh, thank you, CAC. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right, moving on. We've got a new NFT series, the EOS Hotshots, featuring some of EOS's uh, most legendary uh, community members, including uh, we've we've already seen the Bearded Samurai. We've seen a, a BB Bunny, which is a Beatrice. And now a new one dropped yesterday, which is our very own Cupid Lovejoy. Oops. Right, that's one moment. <laughs> is Brandon Lovejoy with us today? That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Can y'all, can you hear me all right? We can hear you, but you've got the slow robot thing going on. Slow robot. No, hold on a second. We'll fix that. <laughs> no one likes slow robot Lovejoy. Not even in Cupid form. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's that's fun. <laughs> play some. <laughs> yeah, play some music. I'll bring. I would like to mention. I have my own. Cupid Lovejoy NFT. Uh, I'm, it's a it's a little risque, I, I will say. But you know, you got to show it off. Am I still a robot? You're still a robot. Damn, what's going on here? All right, I'm gonna shut Discord entirely. And... All right, well, it's it, good luck. I hope we can we can get that figured out. I have a, I've, a little birdie told me that these are not the last of these EOS Hotshot NFTs. So these are the rare Hotshots. We may end up seeing some ultra rare Hotshots to come. But at this point, I'm, I'm happy with my, with my rare Cupid love joy to celebrate the day of love. <clears throat> is, is, is Lovejoy still a robot? Lovejoy is just a regular old love joy now all right sweet i thought i made like a pact with the androids and they took over or something but glad i could escape that fate yeah Yeah. i I see uh you you, uh you wrote a, a beautiful poem there is or actually let me just get this out of the way first was this chat gpt or was this you yeah so it was it was both it was both of us together in in perfect okay. harmony robot yeah, and human together i <clears throat> i uh yeah i was inspired by being uh cupid cupidized or turned into a lovejoy cupid so i thought i better share a poem with the community and i <clears throat> i read a bunch of uh poetry from hafiz i read the subject tonight is love by hafiz which is a great book of poetry if anyone wants to delve read some poems by Rumi and then I cracked my knuckles and I started writing and I was like, you know, 
I check. I'm gonna see what Chat Chat GPT has to say. So I I put in uh, a prompt and I kept adjusting that prompt and adding some keywords, and then it it spit out a pretty good version. But I wasn't totally satisfied with that, and so I took that and and took it the rest of the the distance with my own raw human uh, intellect. <laughs> so it was a it was a co-author adventure. Um, yeah. So it was fun. I'll share that with y'all right now. It's still, you know, it's not really Valentine's Day anymore, but maybe it's Valentine's Day every day. So Valentine's week. I think Valentine's that week. That's right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it in that, in that beautiful sultry love joy voice. <laughs> See what it can do. In this courageous community called Eos, more determined than a thousand Galileos, our love is like a rabbit fast and free. With a plucky spirit, we conquer any decree. Through the interactive world of GameFi, our love of incentives will never run dry. With an abiding passion that we all wield, our bonds are strong, pretending yield. Our love, like the blockchain that we share, is secure, performant, and always there. In EOS, we found our true foundation, a thriving ecosystem for blockchain innovation. And yeah, Valentine's Day is every day. This is Valentine's week, as you just heard, and there is a, a Love J Cupid floating around out there. So, you know, pick one up if you want, regift it, sell it, hold, hodl it. Um, I'll probably throw a few Cupids. I've been just kind of picking them up off the market. So, so drop your, I don't know how many, I can't afford any more right now. So uh, maybe the first like two people that drop their EOS um, address in the chat, I'll send it out to you. And then, um, <clears throat> yeah, I was I, I also wanted to just say that the uh, Atomic Hub interface is really slick. I hadn't played around with that in a while, and I noticed they made some like pretty significant UI UX updates that are pretty nice and feels a lot less. I don't know, feels a lot more modern and responsive than it used to. So that's cool. And just a little heads up, speaking of NFTs, we have a podcast coming up soon, Everything EOS Podcast with Rob and Kier of Facings, where they are they give a walkthrough of their uh, Facings creator, which is the collection manager that was completed through the direct grant framework. And uh, so that's something to look forward to in the NFT world. Uh, Keep your eye out for that in the days ahead. I just want to jump in here, give a bit more context to those Lovejoy Cupids uh, that were sent out yesterday. Uh, so uh, those are actually the uncommons for this series that we call the Yasachas. Uh, there's a hundred mints for each uncommon. So like you said, there's the Big Beard Santa, Baby Bunny, and now the Lovejoy Cupid. There's also going to be rare versions of our favorite EOS community members and common versions as well. Uh, so keep participating in events, keep collecting these NFTs, and you'll earn chances to, uh, you know, to collect more of these, uh, these fun characters. So in order to earn a Lovejoy, basically everyone who was holding a raffle ticket from all of the raffle tickets, the Pop Token monthly raffle tickets that we've, uh, we've minted over the last year or so, 
So if you had one of those in your account, you had a shot at winning um, winning one of these uh, Lovejoys. So there's a, there's actually over 600 of these raffle tickets, and we gave out 100 uh, Lovejoys. So you had about one in six chance if you were holding a uh, raffle ticket of, uh, of getting one of these. And uh, yeah, so... We're, we're, we're working on, uh, on future, future characters from the EOS community that will immortalize as NFTs on chain and be looking for, uh, you know, fun and creative ways to give them out to the community. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks Lovejoy for agreeing to be our model for, for the Cupid. Uh, and and uh, thanks for that great poem. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that was fun. I'm I've been kind of like AI resistant, so that was that was big that was big big deal for me. Um, yeah, and I just I'm gonna take it upon myself to to see that the Cupid Lovejoys keep circulating around, and I think it's fun. Um, so yeah, I'll send whatever I can to whoever is in the comments. But then uh, yeah, send them around to your friends, and you know, see what happens. And the other hot shots too, the BB Bunny. There's a bunch of those, and the Santa Big Beard Samurai are out there, and as Steph alluded, there will be other fun ones on the way. So, yeah, fun, fun to play around with. And let's get a quick F in chat for uh, Lovejoy's EOS wallet that is uh, getting decimated by purchasing himself on Atomic Hub. <laughs> Wait, we got some Fs here. F. What do you mean? Oh, FFF. Uh, the F in chat is for uh, when, uh, I think it's from playing video games when someone dies and then you press F in chat, oh. something like that. I don't play video games, so mm. <laughs> outside of my depth here. But I it know. is, uh, I, I appreciate you sending me um, a Lovejoy Cupid. I, I'm just imagining that you're, uh, I, I'm imagining you becoming kind of like the, um, the the kingpin of <laughs> Cupid Lovejoys. Yeah, I just I just felt like I should I should buy the ones people are trying to sell and get them into hands of people that want them or um, people that want to just hold them and then resell them or people that want to send them to their sweetheart or yeah, who knows? So move those move those NFTs around, keep them flowing. Here you go for all you plebs who don't understand F. To pay respects or f in the chat there's a yeah. know your meme this is a great website if you haven't heard of it any meme in the world you can look up on know your meme and it gives you like who used it and when and like the whole background it's pretty crazy to be honest mm. i see from call of duty it would appear mm. cool learn something new every day indeed Right, moving on. Uh, we touched on it earlier when talking about uh, Adenia's antelope tools, but we've got some updates for Pomelo. So season four of Pomelo is complete, and grant owners can claim their matching funds. I have done it. I am a grant owner, and very easy to do. Great, uh, great workflow there. Uh, this week, top donors and top grants will receive their achievement badges which I don't think I qualify for, but that's okay. 
Meanwhile, new visitors are airdropping into Pomelo Moon bases. They are showing a particular interest in complete, common, rare, and ultra-rare collections. It is rumored that these visitors are traveling to attend the next season of Pomelo. So they are likely to complete their mass migration by the start of Season 5. The story of Pomelo's space explorers continues this week. Uh, Previously, a scouting unit on the surface of the moon discovered glowing artifact keys with unfamiliar lettering, leading scientists to theorize that an ancient civilization, the the Pomelians, once visited the galaxy and left behind valuable objects full of their wisdom. This week, our scientists made a significant breakthrough in decoding the artifacts. According to their research, the information engraved into these mysterious relics contains details of genetic modifications that would enable humans to travel into deep space. Engraved in the lower corner of each relic, there is a series of markings that has been translated into an elegant formula, which is remarkably close to the formula Pomelo uses for quadratic funding. Could it be that this formula holds many more secrets than we can imagine? Did we just discover a fundamental truth that enables us to catapult our society centuries ahead into a bright interplanetary future full of prosperity? One answer that the leading expert of Pomelo, sorry, the leading expert of Pomelology suggests is that we can merge the deep wisdom and power contained within the artifacts with the innovative ideas that were most successful in the latest Pomelo series. The ideal recipe for success is uh, four artifacts and one grant collectible. You can get grant collectibles at harvest.pomelo.io, where you can also blend them with the ancient artifacts to create a DNA potion. For those that have already begun blending their potions, congratulations. The first experiments of fusing artifacts and pomelo grant collectibles have had very promising results. During this process, a newly structured DNA was isolated and captured in a potion vessel, where it started to grow a serum. Once injected, the serum seems to have a tremendous effect on the human body. With enough supply of the pomelian serum, not only can our astronauts go into a deep, long, rejuvenating sleep, but they also seem to be immunized against space radiation. Get as many potions as possible to grow your crew so that you can staff your ships for deep space exploration. And also as a quick reminder, make sure to fill out the Pomelo survey. It's super quick, takes less than two minutes to complete. Uh, I am a part of the Pomelo team. We would love to hear from the community about your experience so that we can gauge how well Pomelo is meeting your needs. Uh, That way we can prioritize, prioritize improvements for the future. Uh, The final day to submit a response is February 21st. So far, we have 39 responses, and we would love to hear from more people. And at this point, I'm happy to invite everyone to share any thoughts or questions. Hey, Andrew. Martin here. Hey, Martin. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for reading the lore. Uh, if there will be ever like an audiobook of the Pomelo NFT lore, I got your job there. This sounds awesome. Um, a quick um, like uh, update on that one. So the minting or the blending, crafting uh, of the potions uh, will start tomorrow. So there will be a little delay on that one, but everything else was absolutely correct. 
And uh, another thing that happened today as well um, was the dropping of the achievement badges. So from the previous season, we had um, the, 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 all the, the stats came out um, and uh, we basically distributed for the top donors, uh, the top grant collections and the top um, uh, grant creatives. Um, and, uh, badges, uh, achievement badges, and I'm going to share a tweet right here that where we highlight all the top ones for you to check out and uh, share some love to this tweet so we can reach more people love sharing the love of Pomelo and Public Goods on EOS. So. Awesome. Thank you, Martin. Anyone else have uh, have any thoughts or questions? All right. Well, while we are on the subject of Pomelo, I feel like uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention some of uh, the most exciting Pomelo grants to me, at least. Uh, one of those is Zeos. Uh, as an example of the power of Pomelo, veteran grant owner Zeos continue to build their privacy solution. Uh, Zeos uses ZK Snark technology to allow EOS users to send tokens, NFTs, or other blockchain assets to the Zeos smart contract, after which the depositor is given a hashed or obscured identifier that the owner can use to claim the deposited asset. Uh, the Zeos team has been making a lot of progress. And if you'd like to keep track of updates, you can check out their developer calls. Uh, in those, they uh, share updates and coordinate development priorities and milestones. Uh, this series, in my personal opinion, will be very exciting to watch in the future. Um, I've heard the Zeos team has been in discussions with uh, IBC developers Origin um, and if the collaboration bears fruit, I could imagine some fascinating possibilities. Uh, this is just my uh, brainstorm here, but you could have a privacy chain, interchain private transfers, privacy wrappers for any token with IBC enabled. Who knows? It will be exciting to see. Uh, has anyone used EOS? Any thoughts on, sorry, Zeos? Any thoughts on Zeos and uh, the work the team is up to? Let me find the link for Zeos here. Uh, here we go. It's Zeos.1. Here we go. So I just put the website to that in the chat. Moving on, and uh, this is not the only Pomelo grant that we're seeing the results of. We already saw the Antelope tools. We already saw Zeos. We've also got msig.app. So msig.app is a, an application that was 
developed by um, the fine people at Crypto Lions out of Ukraine. Uh, the basic idea is that uh, Crypto Lions has, well, they're one of the oldest BPs on EOS. Um, they're experts in multi-sigs, and they wanted to take a great user experience and put it into the idea of multi-sigs on Antelope blockchains. So I don't know if anybody has... Um, oh, there we go. Looks like uh, Denis just shared the MSIG app. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I don't... Uh, there are certain governance decisions that I, I can see being done by MSIG, but I, I haven't really explored all the different things you can do with MSIGs. I'd happy to, uh, to hear any additional context if someone's got um, use cases or uh, other exciting things you can do with multi-SIGs. I'm sure Denis has a... Uh, has all sorts of, well, Denny probably doesn't need this tool. He's a developer. But he's showing off the uh, the website here. You can check it out in the chat. So like you can do custom transactions. You can do uh, token transfers, multi-sig token transfers, contract deployments, permission changes, all sorts of great stuff there. And uh, again, this is this is coming from uh, Crypto Lions, who... Uh, I believe they may have been the ones, or at least were were quite pivotal in setting up the jung jungle test net. Um, I may be mistaken about that. That's there's a long history in in EOS, and I, I may not remember all things that well. <laughs> so glad to be corrected. Uh, that said, they have been a pivotal part of the EOS uh, community for for quite a while, and it's very exciting to see. Um, Oh yeah, still the gardens of the jungle, it looks like. That's great. Um, so uh, if you use jungle, make sure to uh, shout out, maybe even vote for Crypto Lions. All right. Uh, one other thing I'd like to mention real quick is the new Chinese fireside chat, which will be hosted by our... Uh, by the ENS very own uh, Beatrice, that is the uh, BB Bunny, uh, or rather that is uh, who BB Bunny is representing. Um, it looks like uh, they will have a special guest, uh, Eleven, who's a Chinese community manager for Pomelo. Um, and uh, that will be in Discord, it looks like. Um, and... I wish I could read Chinese so I could tell you more information about this. <laughs> but that said, oh, there we go. Yeah. So that that's the link. Uh, I'm sure some people here probably know what that says. But um, I will say to me, it's very exciting that we're taking this basic idea of having a community conversation and just bringing it worldwide. Because, you know, we've got the English community covered here, but we are a global community. And so it is essential that we get everyone involved that we possibly can. And um, yeah, it's exciting to see. Anyone, uh, anyone hoping to attend? So 
I can read what's written there, but it's basically just uh, an intro. Like it says, ENF community manager Beatrice uh, and uh, Pomelo Grants Chinese community manager 11 will be guests in our Discord community to share project progress and answer questions with you, to you. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, participating users can um, also claim NFT rewards. So it's basically same thing what we do here, um, just uh, in a different language at a different time. Um, and uh, what we are hoping to achieve with this is like getting the communities at some point talking to each other because like some topics that come up in the Chinese chat or come up here, we can we can like cross reference and um, the same thing like submitting for uh, questions here to this fireside chat via via forms uh, can come up in in the Chinese one. Uh, we are sharing also some of the show notes or notes for this show with the Chinese community and uh, yeah, that's basically it. Um, it's a test run tomorrow. Um, as I mentioned, it will be ma mainly in Chinese, uh, so uh, it will be tricky. Uh, but you can join and maybe have an idea how it feels uh, when a Chinese person would join these fireside chats. Um, yeah, I hope uh, that that uh, this event goes well tomorrow. Uh, I think Beatrice and Eleven are sleeping right now, but uh, I will join tomorrow and maybe I can give a quick update next week. See how it went. But yeah, that's yeah it. that would be great. I was just about to ask if you were planning on attending. Yeah, I'm Were curious. You, uh, I, I also need to, to upgrade my Chinese skills. Like since I moved to Germany, it's kind of like I need all chances to continue learning and, and speaking Chinese. So yeah, I will definitely join. Are you planning on sharing uh, the same sort of Pomelo stories that we were um, going over today? Giving them the, <laughs> the, the down low on the, uh, on, on the Pomelians wandering the moon? I'm not sure we might lose a lot of listeners if I <laughs> try to read that kind of translation. But yeah, I can definitely sure. try. Uh, I think um, Pomelo, uh, Pomelo Community Manager 11 will do a great job doing that. But it will definitely share some cupids and uh, artifacts uh, in the chat for tomorrow. That'll be great. Exciting to hear. All right. Moving on, uh, we've got DeFi Box and their IBC adoption. As, as IBC takes its first steps into the Antelope ecosystem, uh, dApps have, become, have begun incorporating IBC into their workflows. Uh, DeFi Box is a great example of this. Less than a month into IBC, DeFi Box is already turning the EOS blockchain into a liquidity hub for Talos and UX tokens, and they've opened they've opened trading pairs for both. Uh, Zach mentioned this earlier, uh, but also DeFi Box is flexing its own marketing muscle to uh, promote these IBC related updates. For ninety days, from February sixteenth to May sixteenth, uh, DeFi Box will open a special mining pool for the uh, UTX EOS liquidity pool, and they will be offering the equivalent of a 20% APY. Uh, again, over only three months, so uh, probably ballpark 5%. It will be paid out in box and UTX tokens both. 
The EOS UTX swap pair is quickly attracting users with its aggressive rewards. Uh, Liquidity is already uh, over 120,000. Uh, is, is anyone providing liquidity, taking advantage of these impressive offers? I know I have, uh, I, I just need to, uh, I only have one side of that liquidity pool, so I need to pick up a couple UTX tokens to get there. Unrelated to IBC, though, EFX, uh, I've been trying to get a bunch of the people there to um, so help me build up the pool. I think we're trying to get a higher respectful numbers as well. That's great. Sorry, you might hear my cat in the background being kind of annoying. All right, shout out DeFi Box. Moving on, I, I would uh, just want to uh, highlight another one of the uh, very cool dApps hap uh, going on in the EOS ecosystem, and this one is Upland. Uh, I don't know if anyone here plays Upland, but uh, it's one of the more visited blockchain applications on my phone and is one of the top dApp games, period. Uh, it was number six last time I checked. In Upland, you explore maps of the real world to stake your claim on properties using UPX tokens, and then you build them up using Spark tokens. Uh, I've been making daily check-ins to collect my Spark rewards, and I even bought my grandparents' old house. Uh, Upland is consistently pushing out updates and collaborations, and most recently they introduced 3D avatars and a racing app, along with a collaboration with the NFL for a Super Bowl fan challenge. That's uh, American football. Uh, even Upland fans are joining in on the updates uh, with a new fan-created app that Upland players can use to calculate travel time and pricing for traversing the Upland metaverse from city to city. Uh, this past week, Upland released a demo of the Upland racing app uh, where users can compete against other players on the streets of Upland. I played around with the demo and it's fun watching your car navigate the city and seeing how people have decorated their plots of land in Upland. Uh, in addition, the NFL fan challenge just ended. Uh, Literally one minute before the fireside chat. <laughs> uh, it's uh, essentially it was tracked on the Upland website. Uh, there's a big game leaderboard. Uh, it's a Super Bowl competition tracking who has gathered the most fan points total uh, throughout the game. And the winners receive UPX rewards as well as Spark rewards. And it may even get some exclusive avatars or block explorers as they call it. Is uh, anyone an Upland player out there? Got a, a cool house or some fancy decorations? Ooh, I wish I wish I would have more time to play Upland. I've been playing since I think the beginning uh, when they launched. Always like checking in, seeing where my my block explorer is which street it is like in and started like I was playing more when it was just in San Francisco 
but then I'm occasionally just checking in and uh, collecting my rewards because like from these um, places that I bought early, like I'm always collecting rent from people, from other explorers that are just crossing my, my um, places there. And um, yeah, for now, I saw somebody is like commenting on UX UI there. Um, it's a little bit, you know, you know, it's not super an action game, I wouldn't say, would say. Uh, but with the community coming in and uh, if you join the Discord and if you see all the like user-generated content around this game and the, the partnerships and the racing game right now, there's really a lot of things coming together, uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, they also have like a pretty interesting uh, Fiat on and off ramp uh, that many people don't know about. They have like an NFT portal, which is like, integrating nfts from other chains which is pretty innovative and uh, one thing that's currently in the pipeline is um, a 3d they're getting ready for 3d i think um the constructions that are there right now they're like you know they come up from this 2d map so you can point out there a little bit but what they did right now is like uh, you can basically integrate a 3d avatar there for some in some way and i saw some people exploring already like 3d rooms um that you can basically have on your property but this is currently not public uh, for all the users yet yet uh, i think upland is doing a good job like you know testing things with their most dedicated users and getting feedback from the community and then like working on the features working on the features until it's really ready for prime time. So um, yeah, I'm excited about Upland. I think they're doing a lot of things different than other metaverses. They're starting very basic and building out a lot of things uh, for the long term. So yeah, cool stuff. Happy that they're on EOS. I think in particular, one really exciting thing about Upland is the fact that it is sort of becoming an ecosystem where people are building their own apps on top of Upland and sort of utilizing their... Um, uh, their whole system to to sort of incorporate uh, Upland into whatever game that they're building, and that that does seem to be, to me at least, the uh, the kind of future of uh, metaverse projects. You know what the coolest part about that is? So they've been working on developer SDKs for Upland, the metaverse, for years now, and they're getting closer and closer to making in public so you can get access to them if you just sign up for their um like internal developer group for example and they've they did a hackathon last year and they have another hackathon planned uh for the next couple of months um so whenever you build using this sdk you're essentially building on top of the upland metaverse except um it abstracts all of the blockchain-y components so resources uh, NF, like the minting NFTs, transferring NFTs, all of those blockchain things are still happening, but it's happening underneath the SDK. So that the game developer or the service developer, extension of the metaverse developer, whatever they're building, anything that they, they build, they're not touching the blockchain, uh, but underneath it all, the blockchain is being touched. So, for example, that racing game you mentioned, it's a third-party app. I think they launched that door with through their partnership with FIFA. So you mentioned the NFL Players Association partnership that they have. They also have a partnership with FIFA, so they've been very successful 
at establishing these large partnerships. Um, but the real value to what they're 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 doing with their expansion of their metaverse is that anyone who develops a game or an extension on top of the Upland metaverse, underneath it all, they're they're minting assets and creating EOS accounts underneath all of that. So, for example, that racing game specifically, let's say that racing game ends up being even more popular than even Upland itself. Every user of that racing game has a full EOS account because it's abstracted and it's handled by the Upland SDK. So there's a huge amount of potential uh, with Upland and their, their, their success because if Upland's successful, then it'll be a success for EOS because everything that they're doing to expand their metaverse is essentially going to expand on-chain activity and accounts on, on EOS. It's very cool. That's some... That's some great context there. Anyone else have a Upland thoughts? All right, continuing with the theme of GameFi. I don't know if anyone out there uses Wombat, uh, but Wombat Dungeon Master is a game that utilizes the Wombat Wallet. You just uh, connect with your Wombat Wallet, and you can send your own cute little Wombat into the mines where they collect gold, uranium, iron, and coal. It would seem Wombats proved to be pretty effective miners. Uh, you can equip your Wombat with gear to help the mine more effectively, and you can also rile up your Wombat with candy to increase your mining power. I only started playing this game very recently, so haven't messed around too much with the dynamics. Uh, but they did recently launch some new features. <laughs> uh, some of these are, there's uh, the new Fire and Time Spiral Wombatiums. Uh, in addition, they increased the maximum clan size from 16 to 41. Um, but most excitingly, Wombat released the Wombat Bonus Earning System. This system will allow ambitious players to earn a lot more rewards each set, each season, starting with a total of 10 million Wombat to be handed out during the season. Uh, any player yielding at least uh, 35,000 contribution points on any given day will be granted a bonus on that day. And the bonus is, keyword here, quadratically proportionate the contribution. Interesting here how they're utilizing some of the same quadratic funding mechanisms that Pomelo is. What this means is that to get a 2x bonus, you will need to have four times a contribution. Uh, the daily pool of tokens will be fixed and will remain the same every day to sum to 10 million at the end of the season. Uh, anyone here played Wombat Dungeon Master? I just uh, did for the first time a couple days ago. It's uh, it's, it's a fun game. It's, it's, uh, one of those idle games. So you can select how long you send your wombat in and, you know, you kind of do the calculations to see what the, the most efficient and effective way to do it is. Uh, anyone else have any, uh, any experience? What are your favorite parts? You got any tips for how to get that sweet, sweet wombat gold?
Well, that's too bad. I was I was hoping to get some some nice tips, but I'm I'm sure someday I'll be able to get the uh, uh, get the player's guide soon enough. Uh, moving on to some some more uh, EOS based DApps, uh, Emanate is having a party. Uh, I am a musician, and as a musician, I find Emanate to be one of the most interesting DApps in the whole EOS ecosystem. Uh, for a long time, I've thought about the ways blockchains and other distributed ledger technologies can reshape industries from the ground up, and Emanate is one of the best examples of this, in my opinion. Uh, it allows users to upload individual tracks or completed songs, which others can then download and use in their own tracks. And then the protocol rewards songwriters for every five seconds of music played. And then the protocol uses the song's metadata to distribute rewards among all samples and all artists that contributed to the song. Uh, anyone have experience with Emanate? Actually, if... Uh, uh, They've, they've got a whole party going on featuring uh, Lexicon Devils and uh, Juicebox Dow. All sorts of interesting stuff happening. Has anyone put up music on, uh, on Emanate? I still haven't. I don't know. Maybe I'll record some, some little drum parts. I really wanted to play around and emanate, but I got locked out kind of early on. So I, um, I don't, I don't know that I've been able to reclaim my name Lovejoy on there. So that kind of like stopped me. So I was a little obsessed with that. But if I could move past that and just choose any username, uh, <laughs> it would probably be really cool. I've been meaning to get in and and uh, explore. It is a really cool, uh, really cool app for EOS. So. Yeah, I I uploaded some of uh, some beats on on Emanate as well, and it's uh, pretty fun. Um, but you don't need to be a musician actually only to to uh, earn some stuff on on Emanate. Uh, I think they rolled also out a feature so that you can curate playlists and uh, earn through some um, of the rewards that the musicians on your playlist generate as a curator. So that's something that that I find interesting on um, Emanate as well. And uh, talking about their party, they have a pretty sick um, uh, place in CryptoVoxels where they host these. It's a pretty nice build. We were talking about like 3D metaverses or 3D stuff that's happening in Upland. I think uh, what what's Emanate is building there in CryptoVoxels is pretty nice. Um, Jana, our stream host uh, of Gems, has been streaming some of these um, events already. And it's always pretty pretty fun having like uh, the multiple uh, DJs and musicians from all across the world doing like nice gigs. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, I think when you sign up, uh, when you ask VP to this event, you also get like a super nice uh, boom box as a wearable for, so when you, when you walk around, uh, when you decide to join this party, you're not being like a completely naked avatar. You at least can cover yourself with a nice boom, boom box. So that's highly recommended. That's very cool. 
Yeah, I, I really want to start exploring Emanate more. I have, uh, <clears throat> I have a friend who's done done some songs in the metaverse, done some shows in the metaverse. Sorry, is someone trying to talk right now? Or is that just picking stuff up? Might have just been picking something up. Yeah, everyone say bye, Steph. There's a Tony repping a Dr. Roxo there, going skiing. Good. Different version of that. Yeah, hopefully it stopped raiding over there. Yeah. The rock and roll clown indeed. Moving on. Uh, our next topic is the Eden Chief Delegate meetings. So, uh, most recently, Chief Delegates had a meeting with uh, Eve LaRose this past week, uh, where, among other things, they discussed the HyphaDAO tool that is on track for a mid 2023 release. Uh, the tool is already on a smart contract on chain. And the Haifa team will be incorporating the upvote election process into their toolkit, and hopefully we'll be able to make this available by its scheduled completion date in late February. Um, do I have any uh, any Eden delegates who were present in that meeting, in, present in that meeting, who would like to uh, share some stuff that they they learned? Hey, this is uh, Jesse with the Bees. Hey, Jesse, how's it going? Good, good. Um, so the main thing that I learned was this Interpretify app that was introduced as a way to solve um, language barriers. Um, I think it'd be cool to have all the languages maybe in one Eden was an idea that was floated around, which is interesting. And uh, so... I'm looking forward to learning more about that tool and seeing how we can uh, solve some language barriers for EOS. Absolutely. I've thought for a while that that's kind of the, one of the major stumbling blocks of a global organization is the, uh, the issue with the language kind of people not being able to understand each other. And I've always been very stoked Jesse about what you're doing in terms of, um, trying to incorporate the worldwide community into the EOS community. Um, and I am also very excited about uh, the, what what's it called again? I wrote it down somewhere here. Interpretify. Interpretify. Yeah. I, I think the possibilities that that live translation opens up are, are super awesome. Uh, anyone else have a, have stuff to share anyone else see the uh uh see the chief delegate call and and have any thoughts
Thanks for sharing, Jesse. Uh, getting to the tail end of our list of topics here. Um, but I did want to share um, the Eden Fractal has produced a, uh, an application called Fractalgram, um, which is essentially a plugin for Telegram that allows people to run their own Eden-style meetings. Um, essentially, in its current version, uh, it's, the purpose is to equip participants of a breakout room with tools to make consensus building easier. Um, so it does not connect directly on-chain, but it formats things to make it easy for anyone to publish it on-chain. Um, anybody from the Eden Fractal have some uh, experiences that, that they would like to share with that? I was watching a recent uh, meeting, and I saw that uh, people were using it, but I, I, didn't, I have not gotten a chance to use it myself, so I'm, I'm curious. Thank you, for bringing up that meeting, And also thanks for uh, hosting the fireside chat, too. It's been awesome hearing you uh, share everything so far. Absolutely. Good to hear from you. Yep, absolutely. Uh, by the way, this is um, Dogman for Dancing Joy. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a lot of experience with the Fractogram app, actually. Um, so it was created by... Tadas, Tadas Vekunas, who's an awesome uh, engineer and software architect that joins all the Eden Fractal meetings. Um, and he's also innovated a lot of other great uh, projects with, with Eden Fractal. And he's also got another project called Albedo that he's building to help communities with fractal cooperation processes. In general, he's also created the Eden Plus Fractal process where we elect delegates and do the faculty process in the same room and create the moderation guidelines and new and stuff like that. So He's been coming with a lot of great ideas. Yep, I uh, I shared a little bit of an update about it last week. He created it with the Fractogram app um, like three or four weeks ago, and so we've been using it every week um, since then. Well, where uh, at least in my breakout rooms, we've been using it every week, and um, I suppose some of the people in different breakout rooms are are still learning how to use it. So to Das, just last week we had our thirty sixth Eden Fractal meeting, and one of the main topics that we discussed was Fractogram. So uh, Tadas had come out with the blog post through two or three weeks ago, and just last week uh, he made a topic proposal. We have a system that we call Agendas, which is like a community agenda system where people can make proposals for topics on the Consortium app, which is a voting app on EOS. And uh, he proposed the topic to talk about the Fractogram, so he gave a demo of how it works. It showed um, the interface. It works really well, actually. It's like a huge, huge improvement um, over our previous method. Our previous method was basically going in the Zoom chat while we were in meetings and counting down, like, three, two, one, and then typing in people's names, you know, depending on if we thought that it, we'd go level six and level five and level four and so forth and take turns in the Zoom chat. Uh, but with this app, it, it it's really like a huge uh, UX improvement and it makes it much more intuitive for people who are new to the process. Basically, um, I'll share some links where you can watch the video and also see the blog, but it makes it so that um, people, like one person can basically be the, the admin or the administrator of it and easily start up a group that has um, pre-created poll options in Telegram and then the admin can just go through each poll option. So there's a poll option for like consensus on level six, and then they click that, and then it creates a poll. 
And um, well, first, actually, there's a thing where people enter their EOS account. So the first thing that the admin would do is they do a prompt where it says, please reply to this message with your EOS account. And then when you reply there, then um, there's some fancy and nice coding going on in the background. So it saves the EOS account. And then you do level six, who's level six, and makes a poll. It has all the people who are in the room and reply with your EOS account on there. And then Telegram's poll functionality works quite well. So people can choose, you know, this person or that person. And then you can see, according to the Telegram poll, if there's consensus four to six, or if you need more to reach consensus, you can see who voted for who. And then you can repeat that process for level six, five, four, three, two, one. And then also for the delegate too, because in each breakout room, we also elect a delegate who serves on a council for four weeks. So it has all that functionality built in. And then at the end, after that's um, done with each one of those polls, then there is an action that uh, generates the consensus results. And it takes the information that people entered with the EOS account name in the beginning and then it takes all the poll results as well as who, how many votes people got if they got the four to six consensus. And then it has a button that says click here to go to the web app. And there's the web app that Vlad has been building uh, for a while. He's also been building with Lunar and Matias from the Zeos team, um, building a second version. But we have a version right now that basically submits the results onto the EOS blockchain of the consensus one through six and also of the delegate. And so basically you hit that one button in the Telegram app and then it automatically fills in all of the results with the EOS account names for level one through six, as well as the delegate into the web app. So all you need to do is just sign in with your EOS account and then hit um, sign transaction. You don't have to type in people's names or do anything confusing. So it makes it way, way more intuitive. It's also got a fun name too, Fractogram. And for people who are new, there's been several new people joining over the past few weeks who I think uh, it makes a lot more sense to them because it's much more structured and organized. So I've also been working with Tadas on figuring out how to brand it and promote it in the best way possible. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. I invite everybody to come try it out at the Eden Fractal meetings. We just had our 37th one today, and it was a great meeting. Um, there was about 18 people. We had three breakout rooms, and we're, um, it, it's, it's been going really well. People have been cooperating well, and Fractalgram has certainly been helping that a lot. Um, I'll share the link to the blog post, as well as I've been curating show notes as well on edenfractal.com slash videos. So anybody can go check out edenfractal.com slash videos and see show notes for the past um, 10, 10 meetings or so. Since meeting 28, that's when we started doing the show notes. So there's like a very high-level description. Been working on making some nice art and some nice videos uh, to show the full video. And then there's timestamps there as well so people can navigate. And then there's also, I've been doing some highlights of different big stories that have been happening. So Fractalgram has been one of those. So maybe I'll share the links to the show notes for week 35 uh, or 36, rather, when uh, Tadas introduced the um they he gave a presentation he talked about it for like maybe five ten minutes and then there's about 20 30 minutes of community questions where you can learn more um and then i'll share the most recent show note where we discuss a bit more and there's also some links to the article and other places where you can learn more and um yeah i, I encourage everybody to join and i'm happy to answer any questions about fractogram um and huge thanks to, to das uh, for creating it. it. It's really cool and exciting. And once again, thanks a lot, Andrew, for uh, putting this up. I appreciate you watching and sharing with everybody. Sure. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I also want to uh, want to highlight, uh, you don't even have to have an EOS account or be a member of Eden to join the Eden Fractal. I, uh, I mentioned I watched uh, uh, one of the recent uh, meetings and uh, looks like you had uh, someone joined who was not part of the blockchain space, not part of the EOS space, not part of the Eden space, just interested in the process. Uh, 
and uh, you know, free money. So that's that's always a good time. Yeah, that's correct. Um, there's uh, there's a few people actually who have joined who haven't had EOS accounts and have gotten their first EOS accounts after joining the Eden Factor meeting. <clears throat> There's actually another new person today uh, named Noam who didn't have an EOS account, so we set up him up with an EOS account. And just like you said, you don't have to be a member of Eden on EOS. Anybody can join, and you don't need to have an EOS account. I mean, it's helpful to have the EOS account so we can enter in the consensus results on chain. But we can, uh, when people join, we can set them up with an EOS account pretty easily, either by directing them to EOS support or setting up for them directly, and then giving them the keys afterwards. And um, yeah, there's also, um, I, I think you might have seen. Uh, uh, Rosemary, who joined, and she didn't know uh, anything about EOS. She joined for the first time three weeks ago. She was invited by Douglas Butner, who's uh, an Eden member and also very active in the WAX community. Um, so she, I think she was just at looking for around for cool communities that are doing something online. And she happened to uh, join the Eden Fractal after Douglas shared it with her. Um, and then she joined and she didn't know what EOS was, but we got her kind of up to speed a little bit. And she's come to the past three meetings now. Um, uh, so it's a great way to, to onboard people and introduce them to EOS. She's also, she, she seems very excited. We've actually been meeting a, a few times throughout the weeks to kind of fill her in with some of the background about how EOS works and what is Eden and what is the history and all these different things. So, yeah, um, if anybody has any friends who um, you'd like to introduce them into EOS um, and um, it, it, It'd be nice for them to have some friendly faces around, people around them, then joining the Eden Fractal can be a great way to do that. Um, and then also just on the note, too, there's also a couple other fractals, too. So Jorge Ramos hosts the Spanish-speaking fractal, um, which is also, he's been doing that for like 25 weeks now, and a bunch of great community members there. So Spanish-speaking members can go there, and Eric is uh, Eric Westrick is hosting an art fractal as well. So different ways that people can interact with um this kind of processes and both of those are kind of in the process of integrating the um eos tools i think but yep um i encourage everybody to join and it's great for new people as well thank you uh, thanks Andrew. that's great thanks for sharing you're very welcome and i'll share the links in the chat now excellent anyone else have a have any thoughts open open the floor On that note, we've got uh, one more item scheduled here, um, and that is EOS Quest, who has released a new version of their power-up bot. Um, so this is uh, similar to some of the other uh, power-up bots that are out there. This one is on Telegram. Just need to uh, DM EOS Quest IO bot, and oh, I keep on getting my hotkeys confused. Um, there we go. This is, uh, the EOS Quest bot. Um, EOS Quest is, uh, a website that incorporates news, a wallet, a block explorer, a daily mining tracker. So if you've got, uh, for example, your, uh, your Pomelo potions, it'll show when you can claim those, that kind of thing. It's also got a calendar as well as a, a DAP list, a list of, of uh, popular dApps that people can use. Uh, and the the real quest part is 
Uh, it includes a prototype DAP that allows people to define a task as a quest and then let one or many people complete that quest for rewards. Um, and they're making their Power Up Telegram bot available to uh, EOS users who would like to uh, power up their accounts. I'm not sure if ever anyone has used EOS Quest. It is appears to be primarily uh, an Asia-centered uh, place. Let's see. This looks like Korean. I believe it is a uh, Korean uh, initiative, but it's got all the tools and all, and seems like they all work. Um, anyone have any thoughts? Well, that'll do it for all of our topics today. At this point, I will uh, open up the floor to anyone who's part of the EOS community who wants to say hi or wants to share what they've been working on or uh, anything like that. remind everyone that if you haven't already, you should go down to the PopBot chat and uh, you put in the command slash register and then you put in your EOS, account, uh, your EOS account and it should uh, automatically bring it into our list and then we'll reward it with pop tokens. So make sure you've done that. I would like to thank you, Andrew, for being the host today. I think you did an amazing job. Um, great stuff leading to all the topics. I know I gave you a whole bunch of things to talk about. It was another busy week in the EOS ecosystem. And uh, yeah, kudos to you. Great job. And uh, thanks everybody for joining. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's big shoes to fill, but... Um... Yeah, ho hopefully, uh, hopefully, I did the uh, did the community a service, <laughs> as opposed to a disservice. Fingers crossed on that one. For sure, Drew, you did a great job. I appreciate it. It's not that's not an easy job, uh, and you did you did a great job today. I I want to add that I think it would be awesome if if this if the hosting job kind of rotated uh, into different viewpoints from the point of view of the community. Like, for example, I know at least two great hosts in Dan Singjoy and Joshua Seymour, who maybe they could share one day and they could set their own agenda and, and kind of do their own thing. We can kind of hear from, a, from another point of view or, you know, there's, of course, there'll be crossover, but at least kind of a different perspective. I think that would be, that would be fantastic. Uh, we kind of mix it up a little bit. 
I want to. I also would like to respond to uh, to uh, Lovejoy. He read a poem. Uh, I think it had to do with an NFT. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to read a poem, if I may. Uh, and it it harkens back to to a part of EOS history, a part a time when when EOS was searching for a, a constitution, and there was block producers. Uh, expressing themselves and trying to put together a constitution, and, it, and that's when I wrote it. I wrote it based on the, on, uh, the words of Dan Larimer and Brent, Brendan Bloomer that was posted on the EOSIO YouTube uh, channel that originally started, I believe, as a Block One channel. And it expressed the, what's, what I think is important about the history, because we, we are a community and we do have a history, what I think it's important about the history is it, it is it it is it represents the, a, a series that appeared on on YouTube where they sat down and they expressed the values and the value proposition of EOS. It was like maybe I think seven or eight different uh, well-produced videos, and from those videos I created this poem. From that video I created this poem. Now I added a few words myself for sure. But most of the words are theirs. I just kind of arranged it in a, in a more poetic form, and I'll read it now. It's called, uh, re it's called Reasonings. When the governed yearn for uncensored free speech, for resistance to corruption and interference, for many sources of truth in perfect accordance, for solutions to protect life, liberty, and property, for a peaceful society without the need for violence, the people resolve to decentralize everything, to create an irreversible public record, to recouple the unit of value with its creator, to open source, to open the source of our creative endeavors to the world, to use technology to achieve what governments cannot, to allow the individual the oversight of security, efficiency, accountability, and transparency. To re-engineer business models, to reimagine how we live our lives, to align incentives and balance information asymmetries, to build trust without intermediaries, to create a community focused on the common good, to dawn the next revolution of human assembly for a freer, and more prosperous society. Thank you. I'll post the links to it in chat. I appreciate very much allowing me to do that. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. That's great. Very inspiring, too. Kind of gets back to uh, really the purpose of, of blockchain. It's good stuff. All right. Well, we are past the hour now, um, and I am all out of, of uh, topics. So um, I'll open up the floor again if anyone else would like to share. Otherwise, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, bearing with me here and for being so supportive of, of uh me as a fireside chat host 
And I would also like to uh, thank basically the whole community for joining us today and for, uh, I guess in particular, Zach, thank you for uh, uh, sharing so much. Got my back. Uh, very cool. I, I just need to find the right song for our outro here. All right, I got it all queued up. But first, I'm pretty sure we need to get started with a... Or maybe finish up, not quite get started, with a little Go Eos. So oh. I'll count, count down from... Th- and <laughs> <laughs> count down from three, and everyone say Go Eos. Three, two, one. Go, go Eos! Oh, yeah. EOS Dance Party 2023. EOS on the flyer. Where's the cat? We need to keep with the cat. EOS the cat. <laughs> <laughs>